Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. Second Best, written by Ack1308 The bar was quiet. This time of day, there weren't many sapiens coming in for a drink. The nocturnals were all asleep, and the juranals were out earning their salaries, which left two patrons sitting at the table nursing their drinks. Very different drinks, unsurprisingly. You know, it's been ten years and I still can't figure it out. The speaker was a tall member of an avian species with a feathery crest. He was trying to keep it from flaring and drawing attention, with only middling success. His drink had been served in a conical mug designed for a beak-like mouth protrusions as he had. It was chill and it bubbled slightly, giving off a sour odor. Figure out one, Blue Wolf. The other sapient was shorter and stockier apparently mammalian from the fur and the mobile ears. This one's drinks teemed and had a rainbow pattern on the surface like oil hot water. Bluvoff heaved his narrow shoulders and his crest flared involuntarily as a sigh came out. Damn it! How they won the damn war, that's what. How they do it, Tico? How? Tico raised his head and looked directly at Bluvoff, both ears flaring wide at the same time. This is a trick question, Birdie. Giving his companion an evil glare, Bluvoff took a drink from his mug. No, he said once as he'd set his mug down again. It isn't. I'd really like to know how the humans kick our asses. It's not like they're the best in the galaxy at anything. Tilting his glass in his turn, Tico downed a good portion of his drink. Well, no, but then again, yes. See, they're not the best at piloting. Bluvolf's crest fled again, this time with pride. Damn right! We're the ruining champions there, no questions. Yeah, you are, Tico agreed, but that wasn't the point. What I was going to say was that while they're not the best, they're definitely the second best. And so, whoa, flapping what? Bluvolf spread his feathered arms wide. A Terran fighter squadron runs into our squadrons. You know who's going to go down for the count, and it ain't the Jelda. We'll fly down rings around them. Dicko sighed. Let me see if I can't clear things up. Who's the most technologically advanced species in the compact, and who's the second most advanced? That's easy, Bluvon snorted. The Asatopico and the humans. From the tone of his voice as he spoke, a seed of doubt was creeping into his mind. Tico ignored it and kept going. Who's the best at espionage and intel gathering? And who's the second best? Bluvoff frowned. Um, I guess the Delpo? And the humans. Correct, Tico didn't smile. Diplomacy, Knorth, and the humans. Ferocity in battle, the Rathach, and the humans. Endurance, Gnoth, and the humans. Tico paused to take a drink. Are you understanding it yet? He asked. Humans are second best at everything. 
which means that while yes, they aren't the best at anything, they can beat us in all but our specialty. And if they can figure out a way to not have to face us in our specialty, which they're sneaky enough to do, bubbled Pooh Precisely. I once overheard a human say that being second best just meant that they'd have to try a little harder. At the time, I thought he was joking. But being second best in everything means that they can choose their options very carefully indeed. All they had to do was make sure that the battles that they fought didn't involve their opponent's specialty. Tico spread his hands. So, there you have it. Bluvoff groaned. What you're saying is that they won because they were second best, not despite it. Tico's grin was human-like enough to be irritating, while containing no mirth at all. As the Terrans say, you hit the nail on the head. Slumping back in his chair, Bluvoff put one feathered arm over his face. Terrans! was a curse. Who even thinks like that? Tico smirked. You said it yourself. Terrans. They think like that all the time. The hurled mug whisked over his head as he ducked and shattered against the far wall. But by then, he was too laughing to care. End of story. Story number two. A Human in the Engine Room, written by Dicemonger. Captain Kradoch opened up the door to the engine room, dreading what she would find. She knew the port engine had been on fire, but she hadn't had time to do a proper inventory of what else might have been damaged. She froze in the door, and her frill and neck feathers jerked upright in a threat display. There was a human in her engine room. The human had the cover off the port engine and was messing about in the insides. An isolated part of her brain noted that the outer shell of the engine was merely mildly singed, and that everything else looked undamaged. But there was a very small, logical, and deductive voice that was mostly drowned out by the flood of combat chemicals and internal screaming that she was currently experiencing. The human noticed her and turned to face the door. It extended a hand in her direction. Oh, hey, you must be the captain, right? I'm, uh... The sound of the human's voice was cut off as Kralik hammered the door's lock button, and the plasteel hatch slammed shut. She stiffly turned around, swayed slightly from the post-combat fatigue as the combat chemicals slowly subsided, and then began stalking towards a cockpit. Captain Krylek dropped into the cockpit, still feeling jittery, and her neck frill was refusing to go down. Scrain, her navigator, cast one glance in her direction, and then jerked as far away from her as the limited confines of the cockpit would allow. It made sense. If she wanted to, she could rip him limb from limb for at least badly maul him, and her post-human exposed body language clearly signaled that she was ready to kill someone. Frankly, she did want to kill someone, and she was pretty sure that someone was Crane. Instead, she took a deep breath to calm herself and asked frostily, what is a human doing in our engine room? Screen seemed to be caught between jerking, instinctual submission gestures, and more actively trying to force his body to meld through the solid cockpit wall into the void of the space outside. Krylak hissed at him, and he froze reflexively, giving his conscious thoughts time to catch up with his panicked mind. He blinked once, still pressed against the cockpit wall then cautiously said, Well, you kicked our engineer off the ship. 
He set a port engine on fire. Krylak cut him off. Our sublight speed is halved, which will cut seriously into our profit margins. Skrine blinked again, leaving a few seconds of silence. Blink continued. Yes, well, uh, we still need an engineer to get back to port where we can get the engine repaired. And though I know you would prefer one of the people, there aren't a lot of choices out of the Outland stations like this. In fact, there was no other choice. And you said that we had to leave by tomorrow to keep up our contract, and, um... The rising bloodlust in Krylak's eyes was making Screen start to babble. Krylak cut him off again, voice cold enough to freeze hydrogen. You hired a human as our engineer. All Skrine could manage was a jerky nod. Krylak clutched her head in her talons. No, this can't be happening. This has to be a dream. Her face snapped towards Skrine's. We have to get it off of this ship before it fixes something. Skrine had been snapped out of his own fear-induced paralysis by Krylik's sudden change in body language. Um, ma'am, can't be that bad, can it? You can still fire her as soon as... A panel beeped to grab his attention, and he instinctively glanced towards it. Then he gave it a closer look. That's weird. The board engine's back online. Krylik was by his shoulder in a snap. Wild eyes staring at the screen. No, 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 this can't be. Scrine had never seen Krylik lose a composure like this. Her current behavior approached something that might be interpreted as fear. In the deepest, most secret part of his soul, he had to admit that he kind of liked it. Still, uh, ma'am, calm down. You can fire her in the next port, right? Oh, all right now. We might have to pay her for the repairs, but now we can just move it full power, yes? Krylik's eyes fell on Skrine, and suddenly he didn't feel so sure anymore. The captain jutted out a manipulative digit and the screen, showing the newly returned port engine. This, this means that it repaired the engine. Don't you understand? Nobody knows how the humans do that. Nobody else would be able to do that. Not without shipyard facilities. And nobody will be able to run that. She then jabbed the engine on the screen. Now that a human has had his grubby thumb-based digits on it. She stared at the screen, now plainly fearful. Nobody but another human. Oh, Scrain said, altering his look between Krylak and the newly repaired engine. Krylak was ignoring Scrain, talking to herself, while her talons instinctively tried to smooth her feathers in a fit of stress-induced preening. We'll have to buy an entirely new engine, she muttered to herself. But it might have fixed more. We might have to buy an entirely new ship. We, um... Scrain unwisely interrupted. Well, if she can fix things like this, maybe it wouldn't be so bad to have a human mechanic. If looks could kill, Scrain and his entire family brood would have been vaporized by the look that Krylik gave him. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. 
I will see you all in the next one. And until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.